0: Hey, welcome into the Stinking Truth Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining us with Mike Evans. Uh, I am Mark Schler, Scott the Hub, producing the show. i got to thank our our presenting sponsor. We've got the great folks over at Sweet Sweat for all your exercise needs, your fitness needs. Check them out at sweetsweat.com. Also, the great folks at Superbook. Um, I tell you what, Jake Cornegay is going to uh, join us again. Um, I'm kicking Mike's ass no, in the picks not. once again. Like, I mean, you didn't expect anything different, but... He's going to critique our picks, maybe give us a little uh, info going into week two of the
1: NFL season. But without further ado, Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward. this. a This is a big week, you know. It it's not a death knell if you start the season zero and two, but it's certainly a big hole to dig out of. And well, you got it's, some. It's pretty close. You got some right teams that are you, you know have to bounce back this week.
0: Well, yeah, there are. I mean, there are a lot of teams that you look at, like the Dallas Cowboys, right? Dallas Cowboys going on the road to the Rams. They lose a 2017 ball game. Um, you know, albeit there's, you know, there's always going to be some controversy. There's always going to be some plays left on the field or whatever. But yeah, you really couldn't block Aaron Donald. You didn't have an answer for him. And um, and you really, you know, in, in a day and age where they were, yeah, you know, it's funny, the Dallas Cowboys, they were so good up front for so long and never capitalized on it. And now they've put all their money into weapons on the outside and they couldn't block Aaron Donald. Like okay, There was a play where Aaron Donald, I don't know if you saw it, where he defeated a couple offensive linemen and then, and then literally picked up Zeke Elliott and choke slammed his ass, right? I mean, it was just like, holy Moses. That guy is from a different planet. But the Dallas Cowboys, you can't afford to start 0-2. Well, maybe you can if you're Dallas or you're Philly because that division, you know, that division feels like the NFC East feels like the first team to get to 9 wins. I don't know about you, but I mean, where are you with the NFC East in general with Washington, the Washington, they don't even have a nickname. They're the Washington football team. How can they be any good? Or Washington, Philly, Dallas and and we I think we pretty much all just suspect the Giants are not going to be very good. Right.
1: But to your point about about starting 0-2, this is an interesting stat. Now, they did expand the playoffs for this year, but since 2002 when the league expanded and reorganized into eight divisions, the rate of teams making the playoffs after an 0-2 start, just 11%. Yeah. So whether you're Dallas, Atlanta, Philly, San Francisco, Houston, I mean, these are all teams with lofty expectations for this year. Maybe not so much Atlanta, but you know, they're they still, I think, believe they can make the playoffs. But these are all teams that are facing 0 2. Right. And be curious to see how they bounce back. Remember Atlanta last year started one and seven and then they stormed
0: back. They made some changes on the defensive side. They stormed back to six and two, a six and two finish, right? And um and you know seven and nine season, but a great second half to the season. And it was really it was really all the whispers about Dan Quinn, their head coach, being fired, and the players are just like, we can't put up with that. We can't. And they eliminated some gray area. They changed the play color on the defensive side. Um, uh, so they Raheem Morris did started calling plays on the defensive side of the play uh, of, of the ball, and they rallied around him and they played exceptionally well down the stretch. And they're a team. I just did them last week. They're a team that feel like they can be. You know, a playoff contending team. Think about going 0-2 in that division, unlike what we just talked about with the NFC East. Go 0-2 in the the NFC South because, obviously, you've got the Saints. You've got Tampa. Everybody thinks they're going to be pretty good. I mean, hell, Carolina hung 30 on the Raiders in their opening game, although they lost 34-30. So, like, there's some competition within that. And, And I happen to think, from a talent, just a pure talent standpoint, Mike, one of the things that that Atlanta had said is we have to play up to our talent because they athletic talent, man, they've got athletic talent and they're like just in droves. So it'll be interesting to see exactly how they respond as they head on the road for the first time to face the Dallas Cowboys. And I happen to think that I happen to think that Atlanta's, you know, I, I they're a better team than what people are giving them kind of credit for. They just have to get one. Last year under Dirk Cutter, they threw the ball 67% of the time. I did a three-game breakdown going into the game. They got in the red zone, Mike. They had 27 plays in the red zone in this three-game breakdown that I did toward the end of the season. 27 plays in the red zone. How many, how many runs versus passes do you think they had in the red zone? I believe that you have to run the ball in the red zone to create some play action because there's less space in the red zone. It's more of an east and west game. You try to stretch people east and west. You can't stretch them vertically. So if you can't run the ball, it's really hard to get people to bite in the play action and do some of those things. It's really hard to get people behind that, that layer of of linebackers, you know? So it's just really hard to do that. So I think it's important. That's just me. I'm not trying to lead the, the witness here, but let me just ask you. 27 plays in those three games in the red zone. What do you think their run-pass ratio was?
1: Oh, man. For that team, I bet you it's 70-30 pass? Pass-run? 23 runs, four. I mean, 23 passes, four runs.
0: Whoa, even more than that. Okay. That's what they That's what they did. And so, like, I was just talking to Dan Quinn about changing the identity. And he's like, 100%, we're changing our identity. Like, we've gone back through what is traditionally a, a pass- you know a, a pass situation for us right? like we have got new run situations on downs that we normally don't run on second down and 6 plus we're going to run the ball we're going to find areas third down and 4 we're running the ball okay we're going to change those numbers and it didn't here it it did in the first half that game was 14 to 12 i think it was 14 12 uh going into the third uh, go in into halftime and Atlanta came back against Seattle and put some drives together, and they were really playing. And then and then it just kind of fell apart. But I'm telling you, building that, changing what you do, creating a new identity, that takes time. That's a skill. And and they're working on it diligently. But uh, the game just kind of got away from them on Sunday. I think they're going to be a different team.
1: All right, these teams that need to bounce back uh, and, and avoid going 0-2. Some criticism uh, directed at quarterbacks. Uh, Kyle Shanahan not hiding the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo has to play better. Mm -hmm. 49ers are 0-1. And already a lot of heat coming down on Carson Wentz in in Philadelphia. Which one of these quarterbacks do you think bounces back, that you're you're most confident bounces back this week? Well, I'm most confident in the bounce back um,
0: of Jimmy Garoppolo because I have a lot more confidence in their offensive line and their run game and what they can do in the play-action game to, to take pressure off. Here, here's one thing that I, that I know, and this has always been kind of the history of the NFL. There are teams that maybe you have more talent than or that you're on paper better than, but they just match up really well. Whether it's scheme or whatever, they match up really well. The Arizona Cardinals just match up really well against San Francisco. Like Kyler Murray... Like, he is, remember that that cartoon back then? Here I come to save the day. Oh, Mighty Mouse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like little Mighty Mouse back there, scrambling around. I Every time I see him, I think his feet, that's how his feet sound when he runs. And they have built their team to have these, you know, five first-round defensive linemen that can run, that can move, and that can collapse the pocket. And they can do all that stuff. And he just avoids them and makes plays with his feet or throws it down the field, avoiding sacks. Like... He he just he just neutralizes their strength. Their greatest strength is that defensive front, and he seems to be able to neutralize that. They just have matched up well. If you go back to last year, even though San Francisco, I I think they beat them both times, but they were they were, I mean they were tooth and nail. They were dog fights. Both of those games were close games, as I recall. So they just seem to match up well. I just think. That they've got a better scheme, a better system, and a better support system for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, when you look at what Philly did, Philly, I don't know how many they must have given up like eight sacks, they had tons of pressures, tons of sacks. I don't know that you just fix that, Mike. So um I, I would go I would go Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners have a better chance to bounce back
1: and be one on one at the end of the day. Uh speaking of quarterbacks being criticized. How about what's going on with Tampa after just week one? Bruce Arians was honest about Tom Brady, uh, some of the mistakes that he made, that he could have played better. And you know, I don't, I can't imagine Brady was bothered by it after 20 years with Bill Belichick. But how about Brett Favre jumping in, uh, uh, in an interview, saying, "Hey, Bruce Arians went too far." I mean, that that's way too much criticism after just one week. You run the risk of dissension between B A. And TB12, if you keep this up, do you agree with Favre? No, I I don't. And and Favre
0: did. I mean, he did couch it to some degree by saying, unless they had, you know, hey, I'm going to coach you hard just like I do everybody else. Let me just tell you, I don't know if they have some agreement or not. B.A. is one of the most authentic dudes you'll ever meet. And so when you go down the road with B.A., you know what you're getting. He's going to rip your ass if your ass deserves ripping. And he doesn't care. Who knows about it? He's also going to praise you. He's going to love on you. He's going to be. I mean, he does all those things exceptionally well. So, uh, like, I think I think Tom Brady, there's nobody going to be more critical of Tom Brady than Tom Brady. And and he did like, you know, the, the old adage "It's a game of inches. So I'm doing Tampa this weekend. So I went through with a, a fine tooth comb, everything in that game. And there are so many simple, like correctable mistakes Within that game, where receiver and quarterback aren't on the same page, and at the top of a route you stop, you're supposed to work away from leverage. Tom Brady throws it to where you should walk or work away from leverage, and it harmlessly hits the ground for an incomplete pass. And I'm looking at it like people are like, "Wow, Tom A. Brady really inaccurate." And I'm going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Receiver, not not, you know, not getting away at the top of his route, not changing his stem at the top of his route." To to work himself open, like there's there's that communication that goes on with working with guys, and it's different in practice. It's different, you know, when you're in shorts and shoulder pads versus the game, and that's that's where I saw just a lot of mistakes, Mike. Just I mean, there were a ton of they had a screen set up a middle screen, and Scotty Miller's coming across the formation in motion, and um, and he's supposed to help uh, their left tackle, I believe, Donovan Smith the left tackle position, 76. And so he's going to go over there and set that up. They've got a fake screen to the right and a middle screen to Gronkowski. They want to get him the ball. they got to set up beautifully. It's going to be a, you know, it's probably going to be a 12-yard gain if the DB makes the tackle and Gronkowski is going to punish that DB, right? What happens? Scotty Miller comes flying across and hits Donovan Smith in the back. Sack, right? Knocks the defensive end off of him. Sack. Like little things like that throughout the course of, they run a, a play where Gronk is running a corner. They're running a flat corner con- uh, combination, and um, or they're running actually they're running double under with a corner. And so Gronk is number three in a trips formation, meaning he's lined up at the tight end position, the closest to the the quarterback. And so normally you run a through and and you run they call it follow. So there's two underneath routes, and then the the tight end runs the through and takes away the safety and takes away that inside linebacker to open up those holes, right? Well, he goes, fakes through the through, and hits the corner. So, bam. And the safety is still in the middle of the field. It is wide-ass open. there in man, and the linebacker doesn't run with Gronkowski. It's a, it's a 40-yard gain. Brady doesn't see it. Like, he just flat, flat doesn't see it. And then he threw the pick six. To me, the pick six is you're, like, when you drop as a corner, and all of a sudden, number two, the inside receiver goes across the field, like even in zone, now you're locked. So you're reading in zone, you're reading like, okay, what's number two do? Number two's running upfield, you gotta maintain your depth and distance. Number two leaves, he goes across. I'm locked man, right? So Jackrabbit Jenkins is just standing there, right? And he sees Brady stop his draw, like stop his drop. He knows it's coming out. He takes off. Brady throws a terrible ball. I mean, a terrible ball. You know, here's the deal. My my theory is this. Their center, I think it's Jensen. He's got some dirty to him, right? He's a little bit touched. I think he's got excessive ball sweat. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I think. I, I, I'll give you credit. I think this he's got is, the, this sw- is the only time I've heard this theory advanced. I think he has got, well, he, that guy's playing with bat wings. And I think he's got swamp ass. And I think there's a couple times that ball came out wet Oh, I, I'm, I'm not nasty. kidding you. I am not kidding you. And Brady's it was slippery there. I've never seen so many Aaron balls thrown by Brady. I think it's swamp ass. It's wet ball syndrome. That dude Kappa and he's got a big towel hanging down because Brady knows Brady complained in the offseason about how sweaty. His That's balls That's true. Were. He did. He did. He did. So right. I'm tell I'm telling you this is a there's a, like we can solve this. There's there's a a beautiful there's a beautiful thing that you can do here. One, you can not only solve the issue but while solving the issue, you can make your center some extra money in endorsement deals. How so? Little thing called depends, Mike. Oh god. <laughs> So you get him in an endorsement deal. You make him wear the Depends to sop up some of that ass sweat. Oh, God. Because that dude has got an excessively sweaty ass. Yeah, And keeps the ball dry. You know, he's got the dite on. And uh, that dude's making money with Depends. You know, Have I've you heard see Brady do the commercial. Listen, when you play with a guy who's got excessive ass sweat and playing with bat wings, you know, you're going to get a slippery ball.
1: Not anymore, thanks to the Pens. Oh, jeez. Right? I've heard a lot of people go to great lengths to try to defend Tom Brady this week. The swamp ass theory is one I have not heard. The so swamp con- ass Congratulations th- to you. And, I, and, and you know what? I dare you. I, I double dare you to bring that up with Brady when you talk to him later this week. I'm going to talk to him. You're going to say, hey, listen, Tom, how much of it was ass wet? I'm going to say, Tom,
0: I'm not one to make excuses. You know that. I'm a responsibility taker. But let me ask you about Swamp Ass. Oh jeez, <laughs>
1: right? Hey, look, you get right? Tom. You get you're getting Tom two weeks in a row. Let's not get this relationship off to a bad uh, off to, off on the wrong foot. Okay. I think Swamp Ass is legit. I think it's legit. Yeah. I yeah. really. He's not going to say it, but you think
0: to embarrass the guy. There are some dudes that sweat a lot, Mike. There are some dudes that just produce an excessive amount of crack sweat. <laughs> Jeez. You don't want that guy being
1: your center. No, I guess
0: not. I guess not. I guess not. not. See, see folks,
1: this is the kind of analysis that uh, has me wondering how the heck am I already behind you in our moneymaker picks after just one week. Dude, that's the kind of analysis that wins you games right there. That wins you games. If he comes
0: out, like Brady is going to be sharper than attack if uh-huh. he comes out with a depends on okay. the camera on. Right. I'm just telling
1: you that All right, right well, now. I'm, I'm looking to bounce back this week. I'm, okay. I'm, and and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to get uh, Jay on so I can uh, get ready to bounce back. Ah, without further ado, Mike, it is that
0: time. It's time to uh, put out our moneymaker picks. And uh, man, did I kick your ass last weekend. It was absolutely amazing. No, what? <laughs> Hold on.
1: You went 2 and 1, nicely done. I went one, one, and one. So, what are you, a half game ahead of me? Um, You didn't kick my ass.
0: That's an ass kicking.
1: (laughs) Oh, jeez. Okay.
0: I won money. You didn't. You were one, one, and one. I mean, that is the uh, definition of mediocrity, Mike. That's true.
1: I was average. But to say you kicked my ass. All right, never mind. Two and one's an ass kicker. All right, all right. Hey,
0: the grand poobah of all things football from uh, Superbook. Going to join us right now, Jay Cornegay. And this guy knows everything. And, uh, well, let him decide. Jay, how bad do you think I kicked Mike's ass? Two and one (laughs) in my picks against the spread. He was one, one, and one. What, uh... Well, like uh, just go ahead and assess that uh, d- that d- the beat down that i put on him
2: oh my gosh you, he's so far behind the park <laughs> that you can't even see him I, you know you, you might have a little mercy there it's really early oh, you you geez.
0: think I should go you think i should go the opposite way and just kind of pump the brakes a little bit um yeah I might I might be able to I might be able to pull that one off jay so how are things man how are you buddy
2: oh I'm telling you it was it was Solid. I mean, great week one. The crowds were into it. The uh, the atmosphere was electric. I mean, people were ready for football.
1: I think. I think Jay. For we were we were talking about this earlier in the week. Uh, just from a viewing standpoint, uh, I I felt like it was pretty normal. I didn't feel like I was watching football. Uh, w- without any crowds, I thought the atmosphere watching, uh, and I'm, I'm sure you felt it at your place too. That, that people really felt like they were watching pretty much normal football, right?
2: Pretty much. I mean, I thought the quality was great. I thought there were some exciting games. Uh, you know, you had some uh, some plays that uh, were very you know memorable. I, for the most part, I think someone described it as everybody was playing at Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounded like there was but I didn't feel that way. I thought it was I thought it was uh, very exciting because uh, uh just the, the quality of play without any preseason games, I, I thought it was very exciting. The crowds were certainly into it.
0: You know, I um uh, I, I called the Seattle Atlanta game and I was impressed because obviously there's nobody there. There are no crowds. I mean um but the game itself, the quality of the game The the way the players approached the game, and it was the first kind of normalcy that they'd had in seven months. So they couldn't wait; they were chomping at the bit to basically blast one another. And I thought they I thought the uh, not only the skill, but the executions of the game were pretty good. So, from your guys' perspective, when you're setting spreads and you're doing all those things, did you change your mindset a little bit? Because I have to believe you came into the first weekend thinking it's going to be a little bit sloppy, maybe that'll affect the spread. Have you guys readjusted? the way you thought about the early season based upon last weekend's games?
2: Well, we were catching ourselves a, a bit, remembering or forgetting, actually, that there weren't any crowds. So we were like, oh, they're, they're going here. They're going to this venue. But then again, there was no crowds. So uh, we didn't take that into consideration that uh, it was going to be some sloppy play or we expected that. We didn't know what to expect. So we did our business. As usual, I mean, we, we, we made the line just like we did last year. And again, we were surprised that, uh, it was, it was really quality play throughout the card. And I can tell you that as as far as our end, it it seemed normal. And it was, uh, I I think it was very uh, exciting to see that the, the quality of play without all the preseason games. Uh, but I think even more, um, enticing for us was the the crowds were really into it. I mean, people love football; they love betting football, and they had a great time last Sunday.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, they, you're at the at the Westgate in Las Vegas. The crowds they're just watching; it. they're they're loving it, right?
2: Oh, yeah. yeah, they couldn't get enough. I mean, between you know, first half betting, you know, in-game wagering, uh, we had an exciting game. I, I love the doubleheader on Monday, but uh, just the crowds were. Tremendous. We, we didn't know what to expect. I mean, we we can only operate at 50% capacity, which means in the Superbook we can host 1,100 people. But we had to stop it at, at, at a certain point last Sunday. We couldn't let anybody uh, in after we, uh, I, we counted just over 800 folks in our Sportsbook area that we actually had to stop. Uh, the crowds are coming in on both ends from the casino and from the parking lot because there was just so much interest in football
0: yeah it's amazing it's amazing what's going on and uh you know what week two let's get it on so here we go um the ass kicking is going to continue mike gets to pick first you can critique um his horrible picks and then uh the expert will go after mike so that's how we're going to that's how we're going to do this. So uh, the the moneymaker pick, sure to go wrong. Mike, you are up. Go ahead. Give me uh, what you like. All right. Uh,
1: well, I guess there is some benefit to getting my uh, <clears throat> ass kicked uh-huh. uh, in week one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start out. I, uh, Jay, I, I just think the, the Dallas Cowboys are already – kind of facing a a must-win, and they did not uh, answer the the bell in in week one. I I think they come out strong against a a shaky, uh, suspect Atlanta team, so I like Dallas minus the four-and-a-half there. What say you?
2: Well, the Cowboys' defense was not as good as I I thought they were going to be. Their offense, I mean, they were one play away from uh, winning that game, and we all know what happened with that P.I. call, and there's some other questionable calls as well, and people have pointed that out. But, yeah, no one wants to start the season 0-2 with the ex- expectations that they have in Dallas. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's a must-win. Um, i hate to say that, but it, nobody wants to start the season 0-2. I think their offense is still about what we expected. It's very exciting. Even though they only scored 17 points, I expect them to go get on track. You're laying, what, four and a half here against the Falcons? Uh I'll go with you, Mike, even though you're
1: in last place. All right, good. Thank you. Uh, Next, you look at the teams around the NFL that are going to be maybe most affected by not having fans home field advantage. Boy, you definitely have to think about Seattle on that short list. But still, they're at home. New England has to travel across the country early in the season. I'm not buying all of the Cam Newton hype just yet. So I'm going to take Seattle Sunday night football uh, laying the
2: four. Yeah, I think that's going to be a popular pick. I mean, Russell Wilson is just i mean one of my favorite players in the league. He just makes everything so exciting. I, I, don't, I, I know what you're saying about New England because I'm not buying that either. However, their confidence level is, is right up as, as high as it can be right now. They're walking in there. They're strutting in there. I expect that to break over the course of the season. But not yet. So I I think I'm going to pick the Patriots plus
1: four. Okay. All right. And then my last one, having had a chance to watch the the Broncos up close and personal on uh, on Monday night, they have some uh, more issues in the secondary. Um, I don't. Their offensive line looked good, but I still question how good they really are. Pittsburgh looked pretty strong um, with with Big Ben back. I'm going to take. It's a big number, but I'm going to take Pittsburgh minus the seven uh, over Denver.
2: Yeah, you know, Broncos are really banged up here and, and it was really unfortunate because they really needed that game because look at they got the Steelers now, they got you know, the the Buccaneers on, on deck. This this is a big spot for, for them, but they're just too banged up. The Steelers look great. I mean, I I don't think there's anybody happier to see Big Ben back than than Juju. And the Steelers are, are relatively healthy, snail filled in uh, very well. Uh, in the backfield so I'm I'm looking for the Steelers to unfortunately roll the Broncos
0: all right well there is those uh, are some
2: solid picks right those there. are some I'm gonna those bounce are back. some
0: really bounce back picks but uh here's where you're gonna lose so uh I'm just gonna give you all three of mine and let you just kind of comment on all three of mine because you know when you're the champ and it's just kind of easy I mean you're just gonna be like yep those are great picks stink so here we go. Uh, I'm going to go to Monday night This is the first one I'm going to pick. Uh, the Saints on the road against the Raiders. The Raiders put up a lot of points, but they've got a lot of defensive holes, man. I, I was a lot of defensive holes. Uh, the Carolina Panthers with a new offense, uh, you know, put up 30 points on them. I'm going to take the Saints on the road, um, getting f- or giving up five and a half. So I like the Saints in that particular one, uh, minus the five and a half. Uh, then I'm going to go to the, uh, the Bills uh, on the road to uh, the Dolphins. There's a theme here, also giving up five and a half. I'll take the Bills over the Dolphins. That defense is exceptional, and uh, I think their young quarterback, although I don't think he's great yet. Uh, he is dynamic, and he has that duality, the ability to run and throw the ball. So I like the Bills there. And then I'm going to go mano a mano with you. I'm taking the Falcons on the other side of that Cowboy game. I'm getting the four and a half by the Falcons. Um, I was really impressed. They lost the game in Seattle or Seattle against the Falcons. They lost that game in about a four and a half minute spread, maybe a little bit less than that three minute spread when they failed on two fourth down conversions. And, um, and the rest is history. And they didn't stop a fourth down to the Seattle Seahawks where Russell Wilson on a fourth and five hit Metcalf for about 40 yards and a touchdown. Um, I, I kind of like where they are right now. I think they're going to have a bounce-back game. Um, Matt Ryan is, is, you know, Matt Ryan, and and I'm going to go with the Falcons getting the four-and-a-half
2: there. Yeah, that's a, a lot of points there. I, I understand that I already – I like the Cowboys there just to, just because of the, the position that they're in at this time. Uh, whenever you get points in the NFL, it, it's so difficult. Uh, but um, I, I'm going to have to, as I mentioned before, certainly like Dallas in that spot – the build, uh, that's understandably. <laughs> um, betting against the Dolphins isn't a bad idea. I mean, it's, it, it, I know it's going down there. I know it's a divisional game. It's a little different, um, but uh, right now I feel like there's so much mojo in Buffalo, and and, and uh, Josh Allen for the most part is is making plays. Uh, everybody talks about that missed pass in the end zone, and you're going to see that, you know, coming from Josh every once in a while but the, 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 just the attitude and the confidence that the Bills are showing right now early in the season, I wouldn't expect anything less for them to go down there. And I'm not saying roll the Dolphins, but cover the five and a half. And I'll, I'll agree with you, with the Saints. Uh, you know, one of the weaknesses that uh, the Raiders have is their, their pass defense, and the Saints probably are one of the top teams will most likely be in the Final Four at the, when it's all said and, and done. So I'll go with you on the Saints over the Raiders as well. So I think we're what two and one. Um, Yeah, I think I'd take that every week.
0: Yeah, two and one every week would be a good thing. Any uh, any pick out there? Any game that you really like that you think is uh, just an automatic gimme?
2: A lot of people talking about the (laughs) you know, there's never a gimme, but you know, everybody's talking about the Buccaneers and and Brady, and they're going to come back. you know the Panthers giving the Panthers nine points there, in, in another uh, you know divisional game. I'm thinking that that's just too many points because you got Mike Evans. He's uh, he's uh, got a hammy problem. You got Godwin who's got a concussion issue. If those guys don't play, um, there's going to be limited weapons that the Buccaneers bring into that game and laying nine points in the NFL is very tough. So I'm looking at the Panthers that cover that game against the
0: Buccaneers hey let me ask you about a quick prop bet uh wh- is there a prop bet on Aaron Donald uh, uh whipping the ass at two offensive linemen and then choke slamming a running back like he did uh on Sunday night <laughs> against the Dallas Cowboys because if that that was I would take that prop bet I think <laughs> no
2: it's not something that we have on the board right now but no
0: about can you one. look into that for me
2: Jay sure yeah yeah all right I'll look jay. into it for
0: sure hey listen we appreciate your expertise and uh thank you so much for joining us uh you are the best and uh always check out superbook and thank you to jay for uh being the member of the show here and uh and helping us out thanks jay all right guys all right uh guys you've learned a lot today on this podcast i'm kicking mike's ass uh you've learned about bat wings and uh, ass sweat and um and you know what? It's all thanks to our great Presenting Sponsors Um, you want to get some great ass sweat? Check out my friends at Sweet Sweat yeah. because they'll get your ass sweaty. Um, oh, there ain't no question about it. They're all workout company. It is. It's the idea it, to sweat, right? Yeah, you want to sweat? Well, sweat they from can, everywhere. Right. You They can help you. They can help you with that. That's Sweet Sweat at Sweetsweat.com. Also, I'd like to thank Superbook. Uh, what a great job Superbook does. And uh, Jake Cornegay, uh, we appreciate you. And um, until next week when I uh, take a dominating lead over you in the uh, money Maker Picks, Mike, we'll uh, talk to you guys next week.